Hello, welcome to the Overnight Ramblings podcast with Seth Melendez. This is a another try at a different uh, genre or a different type of topic. I thought I'd just do freeform in a sense about current events, social, political stuff, whatever comes up. I, I don't, you know, I might talk about sports, might talk about whatever, but it's just things that have been bothering me. And this is my overnight discussion. At times, me and my wife talk about things in the middle of the night. And she goes, man, you just talk about this on your podcast. So, uh, I think, let's try that. I was doing a lot of technology stuff before this. So let me just start off. My name is Seth Melendez. Um, <laughs> been in the IT industry for over 20 some odd years. Um, as of late, I've been recovering. Uh, I had a weird incident last year where what they call a pericarditis. They didn't get COVID. Um, and I've been dealing with that for the last year. Um, and so that's one of the topics I had wanted to talk about, uh, just dealing with that. And that kind of fits into the other subject that I was talking about uh, with my wife earlier is, uh, there were a couple of like celebrity suicides lately. And I went through in July, I went through a major operation with the pericarditis. I was pericardectomy where they literally crack your chest open go in and remove the inflamed skin that's around your heart while it's not really heart surgery all intents and purposes it is to your body they don't do anything to the heart they just do something to the outside skin and that had calcified and they had taken that out and there were no issues and i'm in recovery i'm like about three four months obviously it's just july so we're talking uh five months later six months later so yeah so and that's it's taken it's taken its toll and it, sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but uh one of the things that happen while you're in when you're dealing with this and, and for a little bit it, it took about a year for it to really be solidified that it was pericarditis because there's a lot of things that were going on that they kept saying well is it or isn't it finally they said it was and i went to the hackensack uh cardiac unit and uh uh, Dr. Modi and Dr. Batsidis. Dr. Batsidis was is the surgeon up there. He's one of the best, uh, if not. And then Dr. Modi, she's you know definitely uh, equal to him. Uh, he's a surgeon. She's a practitioner, and I, I don't remember if she does surgery, but they they are just they're the best up there up at the Hackensack uh, Hospital. But uh, there was some issues and a lot of things going on and so first they wanted to do it uh go do everything through medicinal reasons to give me a lot of medicines and there were some complications but while i was there and dealing with all this throughout the year i wound up having to go back a bunch of times and be in the hospital uh, there were sometimes i was there for testing and then there were times that i was in pain and it brings you to a dark time really dark and they didn't know what was going on and when people don't know what's going on and some of my other numbers, my liver numbers, the liver enzyme numbers were acting up and there were issues with some numbers on a kidney. And I had just been diagnosed uh, not too long before this with uh, diabetes. I'm a big guy. I was about 450, 460 when this was going on. And, uh, you know, this was, you know, almost eight months after I was diagnosed with diabetes and there were other issues slowly creeping up and then finally got hit with this. Um, which threw everything for a loop. Uh, 
and and I hadn't caught COVID during this time, not once. So long story short, I'm there now, finally getting ready to do some preoperative stuff. They've determined the medicine doesn't work. They need to go in now, you know, becoming very short winded. I'm swelling a lot. They see my liver enzyme numbers are just going off the charts. They're like, we have to go in before other things, before things start to fail. So they went and did it uh, somewhere in July, July 12th, 21st. I don't remember the date, but uh, went in, they did whole prep and going and it's dark. You, you feel alone uh, physically. I didn't, I couldn't walk too far. I was in pain and that was a side issue. Uh, pain in my stomach. I was bloated all the time. I didn't have a chronic back issue as it is. So just one of those things where I just wasn't feeling right. And I, I wasn't going right. And I was just, I was losing it mentally and physically. I was losing spiritually. I've been beating myself up for a while. Some issues going on spiritually, not with the whole, oh, I don't believe in God thing. But I was, in a prob- I was having a problem with my church, Seventh-day Adventist. And uh, I was having an issue with uh, some people in my church, put it that way. And one of them included the pastor. So we were at odds at that moment. And I really wasn't engaging uh, with uh, a lot of the people there. I felt uh, I was a little upset. I was, like I said, I always believe in God. I have no, you can't shake my faith in that sense. But during this point, I was feeling disconnected and I, I was dark. And there was a point where I was so scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just said, you know what? It's in your hands. If my death is meaningless, so be it. If it has a purpose, so be it. it just it was in your hands. Just take away my fear, take away everything else. And whatever your will is your will. And that's one of the reasons I made it through. Then I have a wife, amazing woman. She's pain in my ass. But amazing woman, I can't trade her for anything. You know, she jokingly says, you know, she's in her forties. Oh, can't say those things. You know, women don't like telling the age. She's, you know, but but I hate trade her in for two twenty year olds now. Like for what? <laughs> I can't afford what? Do I need two? Yeah, especially two young ones. Uh, get out of here. So anyway, uh, the situation was dark, and my wife toughed it out. And then during the period of that time. One of our dogs died. We had lost multiple animals along the way. And it was, you know, emotionally it was getting. And during that time, her mother was also sick. So my wife was a trooper. Then they started requiring them to drive back to work. This was, this was, uh, now we're talking this past summer of 2022. When we get to it, she's starting to have to drive to work. And she's up in Secaucus, which luckily was not too far from where I was at Hackensack. But... She was having to drive an hour and change to work, go to work, do a thing, leave work at five, six o'clock and come see me drive to where I was for another, you know, I don't know, it's like 30, 40 minutes, depending on traffic. And then come see me, spend time there and then come home. And we had lost one of our most beautiful dogs, Blue, around that time. He wound up with a crazy prostate thing. And it's a long story, but he died and I could never visit him. I couldn't get out. This was uh, happened a few weeks before this, before the uh, procedure. I was there for doing some prep work and I had to spend a couple of days there and he died during that. I couldn't leave and I felt bad. 
But anyway, so the emotion was real crazy. And uh, I got to give her credit because she stuck with me. And at one point, she didn't think I was going to make it. I didn't think I was going to make it to the end of the year. It's right now, 1216. <laughs> yeah. God could take me out any time. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, we can make it through the end of the year. Uh, there's health is getting better. Everything's better, getting better. But yeah, yeah, life is life. So anyway, during these dark times, I had my faith. Um, I had dealt with a couple of therapists, had some anger issues, and uh, I know there were some marriage issues some years back, and I found a, uh, a guy to talk to, and he actually helped me out a lot. But other than that, when I was a kid, they, you know, they might have, I had some counselor to talk to. I never really dealt with anyone. I did have a couple of confidants um, that I could speak to. But when I'm working through issues, I think this is a problem with a lot of people. And this is why, you know, just to segue back to what we what I wanted to talk to talk about is I think a lot of people start becoming very isolated. You isolate, isolate yourself from friends, from family. Uh, I'm a very private person. I don't like people in my business. Um, if I'm hurting, I don't really share that with people. People can ask me, hey, how you doing? Great. How you been? Okay. You know, you know, any number of answers, but uh, it usually isn't, oh, my stomach hurts. I'm this hurt. You know, so a lot of the times, nobody really cares. So I've isolated myself. Spoke to my mother weekly. I really wasn't forthcoming with her because my mother's a very big worry wart. And I apologize for her to that. I apologize to her for that because she should have known. And I know she gets, but I didn't want her. My mother's in her 80s. I didn't want her to be worried. Um, I know she's a grown woman. It's her choice. I just didn't want people worrying about me. And uh, at least, you know, that's what we say to ourselves. We start isolating ourselves. We start building a little igloo and and uh, embarrassment, things like that. You, I think you start going through the whole range of mo- of emotions. And uh, I think that's the problem with us guys. I think we start uh, feeling like we can't speak. We, you know, I don't think uh, I'm fortunate that I don't have a wife that uh, looks down at stuff like that. I can be emotional if necessary. I can be. Uh, turn 52 this year and uh you know i don't know maybe it's being an old guy getting older but uh you know you start talking puppy you know you want to he starts swelling up you know things like that i jokingly say uh so i'm i should sit here and you know watch videos movies and things can you make you a little choked up but i don't have to hide it with my wife she's really good at that and when it comes to other things you know she's not that type of woman that has an idea of, oh, you're a man. You have to, you, you, you this is the, your role. This is your, this is the way you should be. This is, my wife's not like that. And, I, and I'm fortunate. And I, I've seen other people that have spouses that are very rigid with those things. And I'm glad that I, I don't have to deal with that. So with, the, with that said, so I, I had my wife. But at times it wasn't enough. She wasn't there. She'd leave eight o'clock by myself. Um, you know, you get your medications, whatever it is around that time. And all you had to do was prepare for bed. I wasn't not a TV person. I hate 
commercials in that sense because I watch TV, I download what I was going to download, and I watch it without commercials. And but you know, going through and watching commercials and sitting there, I can't do it. Um, and so I couldn't sit there and watch the TV. Um, and I think right around that time, I was having issues with my server. I could had had chance to fix it. So you know, I, I was it was isolated. You know. And you start feeling alone. You start feeling in dark. And I can understand where people walk down that path. Um, and they keep to continue. So I, I, I empathize with them. You know, I just heard of, I think yesterday, uh, Twitch boss killed himself uh, a couple of days ago. You had the, the Green Ranger, Frank. Uh, what was his name? Um, Jason David Frank. Uh, and then you had... Uh, Stephen Boss, Twitch Boss, he killed himself from Ellen Show, and in that because of that, you know those two incidences, I thought I'd talk about this because for men, I think it's this is this is something that can really be scary. Uh, you don't have anyone to talk to, and if you don't have a foundation in spirituality, religion, whatever you want to call it, if you don't have a faith, let me put it that way, if you don't have a faith to believe in. It can really get difficult if you don't have some type of foundation. Look, if you're an atheist, if you don't believe in yourself or if you don't have a hard foundation in something, you're going to get lost. You could be a Buddhist. You can be a Muslim. If you're not strong in your faith at that moment when you have the least of it, you're going to get lost. And that's what happened to these gentlemen. Both look like they had it together. Both, you know, look like they were successful, you know, had families. Both of them had young kids, um, married. I think uh, Jason David Frank, him and his wife had a couple of problems. There's no issues. I didn't hear any issues with Twitch and his wife. He had just did a video a few days ago that I saw. He was doing a dance challenge. Um, he looked happy. They both looked happy. David, David, Jason David Frank, he went and was the guy who played the Green Ranger. He um, killed himself in a bathroom. And that was something that triggered a few years back, a uh, number of years back in 1998, a friend of mine, uh, Joe Vasquez, killed himself. The week or so right before Thanksgiving, I think it was the week of the 16th, the weekend of the 16th of November, 1997 or 8. I, always, I think it's 97. Yeah, it was 97. He killed himself. And... Uh, you know, it reminded me because the reason I say that is because uh, Jason David Frank killed himself the same way. He killed himself in the bathtub by hanging himself off the uh, uh, the shower nozzle, and that's been on my <clears throat> that's been on my mind because uh, he killed himself roughly around the same time, right before Thanksgiving. So it's been something that's been bothering me in the back of my mind. And then with this guy killing himself, you know, my wife had been telling me for a while, you know, I, I should be doing these type of podcasts. For things like this and other incidences that I want to talk about. Because I talk with her. And Dutch, I talk her ears off sometimes. And um, I apologize for her for that. <laughs> so, because uh, I can talk. Anyone who knows me knows I can talk. So, I figured I'd do this. And in those incidents, incidences, I just think that it's not the wife's fault. It's not the kid's fault. I just think somewhere in there. You just keep going down that path, and then you figure there's no way back. Twitch shot himself. 
you know, it, it takes a lot of planning. Pick the gun up, go to the hotel, prep everything, do whatever you're doing, and then kill yourself. You know, I was watching um, uh, one of one of the uh, I forgot his name. Uh, he's a SEAL. He has a podcast, a former SEAL Navy SEAL, and he had on uh, one of the Delta Force guys, uh, and they were talking about things. And this guy was also suicidal at one point, and uh, that is just dangerous. You know, they they you know they they talk about the past they go down, and the one guy came back because of his wife and because of his faith. Uh, the other one came back because people intervened, but they were close to doing it. You know, they both had guns in their hands ready to do the thing. Uh, it's just, it's a path. And all I can say, I don't have any answers. I'm not a doctor. I just know the path. I understand the path. I've been fortunate that I've stopped along the way and you don't keep going down that path. Um, you're just so alone. You're so, you just so feel so isolated and I could say it's a delusion at times. You're not isolated. They think, I think that's the, if you, if we want to get spiritual about it, it's, it's a devil's delusion. He's deluding you to think it's worse than it is to think, to make you think you've dug a hole deeper than you should have, than you have. And, uh, and if you want to think of it in atheist terms, it's you, your mind is playing tricks on you. Um, I just think, you know, this is, this isn't a, a religious or non-religious argument here. This is you, your mind has gone too far in a way to isolate you. Now, if you want to use that spiritually or not, all I can say is the safest way to do it, it's you're, 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 you have put yourself in, or it could be a series of mental issues or uh, lack of sleep or whatever's going on. But you're in mentally, you are just now just down this path and you're just all alone. And if anything, something I can say is just say stop for a second. I wish I was there for Joe. Um, I don't know these other two guys. Uh, I could have said something to them. I was there for another friend some years back when uh, he wanted to kill himself. And uh, I was there, you know, somebody called me and said, hey, he think he wants to kill himself. I called him, talked to him and listening to him. The first thing that came to mind was Joe, because I hadn't at the time when Joe killed himself, we weren't talking to each other for some stupid reason. It was really because he lived with me and we had a falling out. He left. Here was a few years later, a number of years later. We hadn't talked in the, in, the, in the intervening time. And I had been reaching out, trying to find him right around the period when he killed himself. So I felt a little guilty because I'm like, man, if I'd been able to talk to him, I could have solved this. It's not true. Um, but you always think you can, you know, not everybody is being honest with you when they tell you, are you okay? You know, when my wife would come see me, how you feeling? Uh, talk about the pains, talk about, but I, I don't know how to, I didn't know how to explain it. To her. I've, since then, I've talked to her about all this. I, you know, there was, I, I got to give it to after the uh, operation and I was in pain. Like you wouldn't believe I could barely walk. Um, I had to walk 20 feet to the bathroom. They allowed me to take a shower that day and I was in so much pain. Um, actually, maybe backed it up. This is actually before the operation. 
was still already in pain uh, because of the bloating and all the other stuff. And my back was acting up. And, you know, my wife helped me. Walked into the shower. I was more afraid of all the pain and everything. The biggest concern of mine was slipping. You know, there's no little duckies and no little things in the ground. I was always concerned about those things. You know, when you're a big guy and you're old, you fall, things break. I was, you know, treading very lightly. And I really couldn't lift my arms. I couldn't do a lot. And my wife said, I'm here. I got you. And she actually helped me take a shower. Actually took me a shower. She wiped me down. She took, every, she took care of me. And she gave me a hug and gave me a kiss and said, I am here with you right now. And I, I have no better place to be but with you. And I don't want to be anywhere else but with you. And, you know, broke down. I was crying. And she, oh, she stuck with me. All I can say is at that moment, there's nothing. She's got a get out of jail pass with me. I don't know if I say that out loud, but uh, she's definitely got a get out of jail card for me. It's, uh, that was a moment that, that definitely helped me. And, uh, and then with the operation and with everything else that happened, she reiterated the same thing a number of times. And they let me take showers, things like that. It just, I hated hospitals. I hate hospitals, put it that way. I can only suffer them for about 10 days, 12 days. And if you're a big guy, anybody knows the beds are uncomfortable. Um, I hated using the urinals. I hated the food. Well, food weren't that bad, but I hated a lot of things about that. I don't like being dictated to. Um, there's a lot of issues going on. And <clears throat> I know these people meant well. They were helping and with therapy, stuff like that. But you get some, some people in there that they just want to dictate to people just because they can. Especially when you're in a vulnerable position as men. And most of the people in that cardiac wing were men, at least on the floor I was in. I didn't see any women up there um, in various ages and various severity of heart conditions. Um, I had a guy who was a former cop next to me. And prior to that, there was a, or a guy who was a retiree from the post office. Uh, he was there. Um, so it was, you know, and these guys were vulnerable. And some people, you know, take that as a sign of weakness and I think that's where a problem comes in. But that's, I digress on that part. One of the biggest things is I can say is, you know, sometimes people just need a hug. People need to be told, you know, they say, I'm okay. Look them dead in the eyes. You know, just tell them how you feel. I love you. Regardless to what, call people out of the blue. You know, look what I did with that boy, my boy that time when I found out that he had wanted to kill himself. Uh, he... When I talked to him on the phone, I knew something was up. When I looked him in the eyes, when I went to go see him, I knew I couldn't allow that Joe to happen again. I wasn't going to sit by and allow that to happen. And, you know, I remember looking at him and saying, you know, dude, either you, we do this the good way, we do this the bad way, but we going, you know, and he was admitted and all that stuff. And he, he ultimately helped him out a lot because he was like, I'm not that crazy. And when he came out, he was like, there's some really crazy guys in there. I'm not that crazy. Um, put him a, a lot of things in perspective. But one of the biggest issues was sleep uh, that he had. And I know for me at times, sleep can be a major issue in, in keeping me focused or not cloudy, my mind cloudy. And I think 
I would put uh, any uh, large amounts of money to say that that's one way we disconnect and get isolated is lack of sleep. I, you know, I have sleep apnea, so I understand the power of of uh, not getting good sleep, and I understand the the power of getting good sleep. And uh, for me and others that I've talked to, one of the biggest things when if you get admitted uh, into one of these psych wards uh, as a as a patient, you know whether it's voluntary or the cops bring you in. One of the first things they do is put you to sleep, let you sleep. And they give you all these other drugs, but they put you to sleep. And that's one of the biggest hurdles. And a lot of people still have this lack of sleep. And they don't, real, they don't realize that it's detrimental to your brain. Uh, the, the longer you, you go without sleep, that you start hallucinating by day five. I think that the guy who created rock and roll, well, the credit to term rock and roll, that uh, DJ... He did that uh, contest where he was going to stay up the longest. And by day four, five or whatever it was, I think it was day four, he was hallucinating. And he never was the same again after that. Um, that's dangerous, you know. Uh, and I think a lot of people walk around with lack of sleep. And the closer you get to that four day mark, um, and it's accumulative. So even if it's you, you can't catch up mentally, sometimes you can't really catch up. You have to get to sleep. And uh, you start going, you start hallucinating. And I think that's a territory where when you start having a lack of sleep, you may have some mental issue going on or you may have some chemical imbalance going on. Or maybe you're taking drugs and alcohol and that's throwing you off mentally and, and chemically. These are things that, you know, it, you start going down that alley and down that path, as I say, it's dangerous, man. And uh I really wish uh, we could, as men, you know, there's a stigma with military. If you say anything, they're going to ruin your career. Same thing with police. If you say anything, it can ruin your career. A lot of men feel that way. If I come out and say I need time for a mental, you know, uh, check or a mental respite, people are like, oh, just take your vacation. There's a big difference taking a vacation and going on a trip somewhere versus, you know, going somewhere to deal with some mental issues. Um, it's hard, you know, for a lot of people, you know, it's hard for me, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, anxiety or some people have a large depression, you know, I don't know if what I was dealing with was depression because of what was going on and not knowing all the details originally and not understanding what was going on. And then once you did, you know, you get nervous, you get scared, dealing with some of the prep stuff, dealing with, uh, I was dealing with catheterizations, uh, nuclear catheterizations. I think that's what they call it, where you drink a dye and they have the catheter in you up in your heart. Uh, and they also checking pressures with the, with the catheters. That stuff can be scary just on its own. Then, you know, the day comes and you got to go in, go under and they got to crack your, your chest open um, while the, the, the numbers are low with issues. It still could be scary um, and recovering from that. I, you know, my my me being overweight and that I didn't do any, you know, we've looked at it. They've they've done the pathology and everything. They did everything. It was nothing I did to get to cause that uh, virus or the viral that the virus that caused this issue. Nobody knows what the virus is. It wasn't COVID. 
Never got COVID. Uh, but me being out of shape didn't help once I did get this virus and created the, you know, the pericarditis that I, you know, suffered from. Uh, so it wasn't, my health wasn't conducive, you know, in helping this situation. Actually, you know, it just made everything that I was dealing with worse. Uh, you know, yeah, I know some people have been dealing with pericarditis recently and, uh, you hear, you know, the cyclical, cyclical nature of that, but those things can really be scary and, uh, you know, scared to death. You know, you think of your mortality, you think of everything going on. You think of all the things that, you know, you're dealing with, you know, I had my own company, I had to shut it down. I was dealing with this for a while, you know, my money issues, you're dealing with mental issues, physical issues. You know, biggest thing I was thinking of is you know, what happens when I go, you know, what happens when I go, you know, I actually even at one point on my phone, just typed up a will, you know, just basically just found some crappy form. And typed it, you know, typed in the information I needed and just saved it. Um, and I put it in the folder. Uh, we have my wife and I have a shared folder on our Dropbox where if I put something in there, she'll it automatically show up on her side. Um, and I had put some files in there, uh, right before I went into the operation. I put, I put the will file in there. I don't even think she noticed it was in there because after I got out, I, I, uh, took it out and. And uh, I didn't want to scare her, but it's actually still back in there. Um, but uh, the uh, which is something that we should do. Uh, uh, these are the type of things you get scared. I was I was scared shitless. So I can imagine what these guys are going through. Well, actually, I can't. Let me even say that. I can't imagine the fear that they were going through that led them down this this road that, you know, talk to the Navy SEALs or you talk to the people, you hear stories from the people. I don't know what everything I've gone through with all the fears and everything. It's, 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 it's bewildering and, and humbling that there could be another layer or a deeper place that you can go to and be more fearful and more where the only answer is suicide. That it, it just, I, I just feel blessed that I didn't go down that path. Um, I'm blessed that, you know, I, you know, had something else to lean on. Uh, and, I, and all I want to know, is, all I want, all I want in this discussion is for men to go out and take their health seriously. Mental health, physical health, definitely. That's a whole different topic. And so since that operation, I've dropped over 100 pounds. So just anyone listening. So I'm about four, uh, 360 right now. Uh, so I just want people to, um, it's a lot of men to take care of themselves, man. If you're not there, then what? Death has, there's no, death has no, is not better option. There's no better options. He's just dead. Um, and I always tell people, look, you want to take care of everything on this side of the operating table or this side of the hospital because in there it is terrible you know i was there but 10 days 12 days and i wanted to kill people at the point i am not a hospital person not because you know i just i just want to be in my own bed i can't stand at bed i want to wrecking my shoulders while i was there 
both my shoulders where I wound up with uh, um, issues with them hurting because of the beds because I couldn't find a way to get comfortable because if I sat up too long my back hurt so like I said I had a chronic back issue I have a chronic back issue and if I lay down too much you know that you know things like then they hurt so it was just this fight in this way to uh i was bursitis i got bursitis in both shoulders you know the inflammation <clears throat> and it was painful so and that happened while i was there because prior to me going in i didn't have it um there's a lot of other issues and things that happen while you're in the in the hospital sometimes you know and they just want people to understand that and I don't know anything, but there are people out there that can help you, whether it's a pastor, whether it's some, whether any type of religious, uh, you know, leader can help you with or therapist. If you're not into that or talk to your friend, talk to uh, all I can say is if you're going through something, reach out to somebody. Um, it's just it's a shame. And these guys aren't old. And I'm not saying old people deserve to kill themselves. All I'm saying is they're young. I think Twitch was 40. Uh, Jason David Frank was in his 40s. You know, uh, some of the SEALs. These guys were all in their 30s. And, and you know, yeah, you hear it all the time. You know, I'm 52 now. And, you know, there are people offing themselves. And I'm like, just I wish somebody was there to talk to them before this. I wish they somebody would have known to speak to them. And, yeah. So that's all I wanted to say. Uh, I just wish you and everyone a good, have a good day. The whole audience have a great day. That's coming up. A great morning and the rest of your day. If you have a problem, please send someone a note. Please send somebody. Talk to someone because uh, you're isolating yourself. And I don't want to keep hearing about people killing themselves. I know it's just, it's a childish wish to not, you know, people to, you know, commit suicide. But I just wish people would, you know, just talk to your friends. Uh, that's basically I want, you know, the the people surrounding other men. I just think that a lot of times no one cares. And this isn't a one of those, you know, um misogynistic and incel type things uh everybody's going about their life and if you say everything's okay they, they, they're pushing to the next issue everybody's pushing up then to the next issue and no one's care gonna gonna think about it you're good okay next issue uh so it's not that no one really gives a damn about you but they've moved on to the next issue and they're working on through the mountain of other problems and things they need to deal with so and sometimes these things are rhetorical there are people that say how you doing and they really don't want to know the answer you know <laughs> just you know you hear you have seen some you know older people you, they, they somebody asked them uh you know how you doing and they start telling you about all the issues oh my back hurts late and be like no nah, you can just see the face of the other person like nope i didn't want to hear all that um and you're like okay you asked uh so uh, please have a great day. Uh, look out for each other. Love you.